guess what that was? What was that? <laughs> that was my hydrogen experiment. <laughs> it got a little bit out of control, just like me, but you know, it, <laughs> just a little bit. But I was wearing safety glasses. Hey, I'd like to welcome everyone today. <laughs> we have quite a few new people with us. <laughs> experiment got to me. <laughs> we have quite a few it's new exciting. people joining us for this new school year and we'd like to welcome you. Over the next few weeks we have quite a few more that will be starting with us. So I'd like to introduce Dr. Peje Monet. She is a, a very famous person. Did I get that right? Oh, I'm <laughs> listening. <laughs> and she, she's, she's very inspirational. She has a lot of wonderful things she says. And so she has these stellar quotes. I thought maybe we'd let her tell us one of her quotes. <laughs> this is not rehearsed. <laughs> Can you Can tell? tell? <laughs> I have one. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm ready for them to do it, play it, say it, something. <laughs> okay, well, forget the quote. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> uh, Wait, let's talk about you. you. You see, we have this all rehearsed. We never rehearse, do we? No. <laughs> I feel a little awkward yeah, right now. <laughs> we should. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll give you another chance. Okay. Why don't you tell us what you were trying to do in that hydrogen experiment? Well, I don't want to say until I've got it done. Okay. So this is top secret. Yeah, I actually have it in what I want to do. Okay. Okay, I understand. But as someone that's worked with hydrogen before, May I make a suggestion? That's what I, I need. think you need a little bit, no, you need a lot more hydrogen. Then it wouldn't go boom. I bang. think <laughs> you need a lot more hydrogen. I'll show you. Explain. With a lot more hydrogen, you can get the job done. That's what I was trying to do right there. <laughs> I was trying to trying to be explosively wonderful. <laughs> You've got to love that hydrogen, I don't do. you? I it love just it. goes and I goes and goes. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll get a quote some other time from you. That's yeah, that's fine, okay. you know. Uh, but I want to talk about something today, and it's a, it's a really important subject. I want to talk about a thing called teamwork. And uh, before we get too far into it, though, we ought to understand why we're meeting. What is this all about? Some of you, like I say, are here for the first time. And some of you are doing this because you decided to take advantage of and participate in the Roger Billings Scholarship. Mm -hmm. And actually that's not the whole name, is it? It's the Roger and Tanya Billings Scholarship. I take the credit, she puts up the money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, this year we really are thrilled at the amount of interest in the scholarship. In fact, we're so thrilled that we're pretty much out of money. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys got in. I, I don't think we'll be able to handle everybody this year because we have more interests than we've ever had before. And we'd like to help out. You know, um, 
Providing an educational program to a student is like a very sacred duty because you're actually taking into your hands the future of that person. If they don't get the quality education they need, then opportunities down the road in their lives won't materialize. So it's a big deal. It thrills me when I get the reports that Acellus is working well, like this amazing student who scored so well on that exam. I had the opportunity to meet one of the military recruiters last year, and he says, you know, the students from Acellus Academy always score higher on our exams than anyone else. And, and I'm really proud of that. And we're seeing more and more of our students that are earning scholarships into the university, et cetera. So I take very seriously the responsibility, which is on our shoulders, to make sure that the education you get is going to do the job for you. It's just as important that you take that responsibility seriously. Now, something that really made me happy it was a goal that I set for myself and shared with Dr. Monet, and then we achieved it. And we, we were so inspired by having a little bit of success, we're working hard to get some more. But according to the research, the students that spend an hour with us just once a week here on Wednesday night or sometime during the week that works better for your schedule, those students score better on the average in a cellus and testing than the ones that don't. And why? And, you know, you say, well, I don't know why. We look at it from the other way. That's our goal. How are we going to achieve it? <laughs> How are we going to make that be true? And first of all, we impart all of this knowledge. <laughs> now you know yes, that you if do. you put more hydrogen in, you get a bigger flame, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And you know that little balls will float if you put ultrasound on them, That's right? Neat. Yeah. yeah. John said there's two sound sources and the ultrasonic, so only bats can hear them, such a high frequency. Not even dogs can hear. And the two waves interfere with each other and create what's called a standing wave. And I thought, oh, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a fascinating thing, and that'd be, that'd be something to have a whole scientific demonstration that discussion about really someday, neat. wouldn't it? Well, yes, we're being exposed to these technologies, but I don't believe that the reason that the students that are with us every week are scoring better is, be, is mainly because we give out so much good information, even though we do. Don't we? Yeah, yeah we do. We do. I was say, yeah. it's all right here. <laughs> I think it's because we help students understand how important it is they apply themselves all week long in their studies. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you work hard in your studies so that you don't flunk, you're going to find that that's a booster rocket that won't propel you very far. Okay. Just doesn't work. If you do well in your studies because they've turned it into a game, maybe you're entertained for a short time, but it doesn't really work. I tried it. The thing I've found that changes results is if you can help a student remember that everything they acquire in the way of knowledge is going to launch them into their 
their future world, into their future career. And when you start looking at it like that, and then you're like that little robot. Remember, you say, I need input. And you, <laughs> you need that input. And you start putting it together in your brain and collecting it so that you will be able to do great things. And so those of you that are here for the first time, I'd just like to say, prepare yourselves to be boarded with enthusiasm. <laughs> right? Sounded like I was going off the rails there. Yeah, sounded really good. I, I do that a lot. That. I do that a lot, and, and it's not intentional. But uh, anyway, I want to get back to the teamwork thing. Uh, could you kind of start us off? <laughs> I love it when she doesn't know where we're going, whenever I don't know what to say. And now we'll hear from Dr. Monet. Yeah. Could you please start us off and tell us why you're so enthused about teamwork? Because it really accomplishes the mission and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Teamwork is fun. Remember that. Okay. Do we have that rehearsed? Did I ask you to say that? No. You're pretty Now you to feel ask like me. you stepped right <laughs> in. Okay. So just remember, according to the doctor, the good emotional, social instructor, doctor. <laughs> Teamwork is fun. Correct. Okay, got that. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into it now. Teamwork. Teamwork is when more than one person comes together to accomplish the same project or goal. Do you agree with that definition? Yes, I do. Sometimes it can be just one person, like sometimes my hands do teamwork. <laughs> 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 Okay. But it's not really what we're talking about. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of day. Okay. <laughs> so it's a group of people coming together to, to do the same kind of job. Uh, I learned about teamwork when I was very young. I went to the park, and I was trying to get the swing going. Some of those kids can really go high. And I, I didn't quite have the knack. I was very young, and I was trying to get it to go. And then someone came and pushed the swing. Okay, it was my dad. But anyway, <laughs> he pushed it. But he didn't run all the way under, except once. But he'd push it, and then he'd wait for me to swing back to him, and he'd push it again and again. And as long as he would push at just the right time, I would swing higher and higher. Have you ever noticed that if someone's swinging you up and you push at the wrong time, it slows them down? That's the difference that makes teamwork really effective. It's when we work as a team, right together. And it's timing, it's direction, it's all of these pieces, it's attitude. Learning to work as a team is one of the big keys to success in inventioneering, in inventioneering projects. Now, I want to uh, illustrate this with a, with a little story. It's an accurate, honest, Goodness, this really happened story, okay? Years ago, a company in California developed a complete computer on a chip. We know it as the microprocessor. The company was called Intel. Intel was a, uh, a company that kind of spun out of semi, uh, Fairchild Semiconductor and you can fly stuff on There it is, Intel. Everybody's heard of the Intel Pentium CPU, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, they made their first microprocessor. It was a complete computer on a chip. Most people in the field couldn't really believe that they had that, but they did. 
And I heard about it early on. I was looking for a way to do an experiment, and I needed a controller, and I found out about it. And when I did, I was completely amazed that, that it was possible. It was really amazing. And there are a lot of stories about how they did it. And so I looked at that, and I said, this thing is going to change the world. And I would like to be part of that change. And so I formed a company, and I had the audacity to call it Billings Computer Corporation. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, and it employed one person, <laughs> volunteer, and wasn't much of a team. But I started off, and I started developing ideas. And I thought, if this is going to be a computer, the big prize is going to go to whoever can figure out how to take a computer that big that everyone will own and make them all share information. That was my goal. And it was 1975. And I was just recently out of school, and I was really determined to do something big with it. Well, after a lot of effort, I had the idea that in order to be able to communicate between two computers, they both have to run a program that says, let's talk. And trying to get everybody to say, let's talk at the same time is a real technical problem. The more you get into it, the worse it gets. The more users you have, the worse it gets. So I said, well, wait a minute. Why don't I have one computer not belong to anybody? It's just there waiting for anybody to talk to it. And then one of these computers that's personally owned by someone can go and say, hey, I want to talk. And I call this a server. And I realized that if I had a personal computer with servers, that you could hook up the whole world. And I told people my idea, and a lot of people did not think it made sense. They didn't think it could be done. They... Doubters. 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 <laughs> so I went to work. Really I fun. needed, though, a team to be able to put this together. Can I show you a picture of my team I assembled? I'd love to see that. All right, here they are. What a handsome bunch. And look over there on the far left, the guy in white, straight off the space shuttle. <laughs> <sighs> look at him. Look at that. I will admit that I'm the only one in that picture that was Photoshopped. <laughs> they just stuck you in there? This no, 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 no. I just, that's why I'm so handsome. Oh. <laughs> anyway, okay, so this is my team, but I want to oh, tell I... you about the team, and I'm going to actually show you a couple of them. Funny. First of all, I needed somebody that knew how to design a circuit to put a microchip in, and nobody knew how. They were brand new. No one had ever worked with them before. I tried to get an employee to apply that it... No one had any experience. They'd never done it before. And then I heard there was a company up in Seattle that had been using microprocessors for seven years. It was a company called Boeing. You ever heard of them? Boeing. They were the first people, as near as I can tell, to use a microprocessor for anything. They used it to help control the airplane. And I found a guy named Greg Jewell that had worked for Boeing for the last seven years, and he's the guy that did it there. And he had helped design all these circuits, 
And now he wanted to move back to where my factory was, and so I hired Greg Jewell. Had a master's in electrical engineering, very brilliant guy, and one of the few people on earth that knew anything about and had experience designing circuit boards for microprocessors. Okay, then I needed a guy that knew how to write embedded software to be able to start the program for this little chip because when you put the chip there, you have to have a loader. You, we called it a bootloader. You had to boot up the chip, and nobody had done that, and not with a real operating system. In fact, there wasn't a microcomputer operating system. So I found a student that was really brainy, and he could type 105 words a minute, and he could think faster than he could type. <laughs> and so in the evenings, I bought him. I hired him to write the Billings operating system. IBM had, for their mainframe, what they called the IBM disk operating system. I called mine the Billings operating system. Mine because I paid him. But he did it, one guy. And he did it in about six months. And it was really amazing. But then I needed someone to load that operating system and to load it in this little microprocessor. And it was really hard to find anyone that really had the experience back in that time of using that kind of a circuit with hardware. And then I found a guy that Tobias reminded me of tonight. His name is Jerry Pugh. And Jerry Pugh came and applied and I hired him on the 20th anniversary of the day he started working for IBM. So he'd been with IBM for 20 years, and I hired him. Why would he leave IBM? It was because I told him what I'm going to do. I've got an idea on how to build a computer with these little chips and connect them all together so everybody can share information. And he got excited about that made him an offer, and he said, I'll accept on one condition. Every time the space shuttle launches, I get a day off. <laughs> Why? His project at IBM was designing the computer that flew the space shuttle. It's not a very aerodynamic plane. It can't just be flown by a pilot. A pilot, yes, but you have to have a computer because it is basically non-aerodynamic. And so that was his job. And they couldn't afford to have the computer go bonkers. So they made three computers. And he was in charge of the software for these three computers. And the way it would work is they would all three calculate, should we raise the aileron a niche? And then they would all decide whether or not they should, depending on what was happening. And they compare notes. You say yes, you say yes, you say yes. If two out of three said yes, they would do it. Usually all three said yes. If one started saying no at the wrong time, it got replaced. Interesting. He was a veteran in the space shuttle. He was the head of that team. That's the caliber of person I knew I would need to be able to, to do the project I wanted to do. Another thing I needed, I needed a guy that can manufacture my Billings computers a picture of a Billings computer. Some of these new guys probably haven't seen them, haven't pulled them up. But I found a guy named Harold Simons. I, I think I got a picture of Harold. You got to take a look at this guy. 
He had a degree in <laughs> manufacturing technology. I don't think he wanted. And you can see how excited he was to see me. <laughs> and this is the guy. Yeah, this is Harold that I went over to our factory when we started building these things. And they were getting broken in shipping. And I picked it up and I took it over and I dropped it and it went into a million pieces. And I says, Harold, I just did what the shipping guys do to it. We gotta make it so that when that happens, it won't break. And you can see it impacted him <laughs> emotionally. Yeah, but lots of thoughts Harold, <laughs> Harold was a key to the coming forth of the personal computer. I'm very proud of him. Another thing I needed is I needed to have programs to run. I had my Billings operating system, and I had the the bootloader and the basic things, but I wanted to run all kinds of programs. And so I found someone that had written one program for a microchip. It was called BASIC. And so I hired him, and some of you remember that story. I hired a guy named Bill Gates. There he is. Yep. And if you'll notice, on his left there is the Billings computer. The Billings computer is what he used for the first five years when he was creating Microsoft. And the software that Microsoft started with, MacroAssembler, he basically he had when I met him, but Fortran, COBOL, MacroAssembler were all written for me. And it was gonna be pretty expensive to hire him to do it. And so I said, well, what if you keep the rights to the software and I'll keep the rights? And he did, and my, he did well with his little nest egg. Anyway, so he's one of the team. So are you starting to give the idea, I had to bring this team together. Then there's another guy that I have to tell you about. Um, as I was growing up, we used to play Indian ball, baseball when there were only a few of us around. And uh, there was a little guy that lived uh, next door to me that was just amazing in, in baseball. And as we grew up, he went to the university and decided to major in computer science. He graduated absolutely number one in his class at a wonderful university. He went to work for Sperry Univac the year he graduated, and he just really kind of a genius. And, and then when I started building my computer, by the way, this is it. Yeah, there it is, the Billings computer. I hired him to come and help me. And I gotta show you Michael Sturgill. Uh, there he is, and this is Zanna, his lovely wife, and Shane, his amazing little son. That guy is one of the smartest minds um, on this planet. And um, he had an amazing job. He was making a lot of money, and I said, but I'm gonna take this little thing that is a computer on a chip and I'm gonna build a computer around it and you know someday everybody's gonna have one of these and I figured out how to make them all share information with a network of servers and he couldn't resist. <laughs> he left his wonderful job and he came and became my vice president. So teams are a real key to be able to do big projects. No one of them nor I could build this computer and launch it successfully like we did. And by the way, the Billings computer pioneered, as far as I'm able to tell, the real use of serious education on a computer. Yeah. 
and it did it with a, a wonderful gentleman that went on later to uh, form YCAT, and then he formed uh, Western Governors University. So all of his early stuff was done with Billings Computers, which he told me what he wanted to do. He told me he thought he could, and I donated the computers. It's kind of like a Roger Billings scholarship. And, and I think he's really, really changed the world. And by the way, his name's Dr. Mendenhall. So uh, are we starting to kind of get the idea of, of these things work? So you need a team. And you get a team that's qualified, usually not because you pay them a lot of money. I mean, you got to pay them a good, fair wage. But I found the good people can't be bought. You compensate them. So how do you get them? If you're going to be successful in engineers, this is a must master lesson. You must know this. And I saw Bill Lear do it. I think he saw Thomas Edison do it well before my time. And so I tried it, and it worked. You must give them the vision. You've got to let them know. And guess what I'm going to do? And you've got to convince them that you're going to do it and they cannot stand to be left, left behind. That's just something about the real creative guys. If you're doing something big enough, exciting enough, you're going to put, they got to be part. And that's how we're doing to sell us. We have people helping us develop lessons, programs, robots, everything else that we're doing to sell us that we could never hire. But they are all bound together as a team by the dream of what we're trying to accomplish. And what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to prepare a generation of young people in this country to be ready for the technological challenges coming up. The world is completely different than it was when I grew up. Now some of you say, yeah, <laughs> the dinosaurs all died. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, and we have to be different, and we have to know things that were never needed before. Everybody needs to learn how to code, and we've got to teach them to code at really early ages. John, Dr. John's teaching it in the third grade. We're going to start teaching it in preschool, and we're going to start teaching coding to help students learn how to read. It's exciting. Einstein did those amazing five papers in one year. They call it the miracle year. Well, I found that children have a miracle year right around between two and four years old where anything that gets near them, they learn. What a time. What if we could get all that learning accomplished then? Think what they could do. And hopefully, along with that learning, we're going to give them the perspective of understanding, and it's not just about making money. We're going to teach them where the real prizes and excitement come in life. And they're going to find out, I hope, that the only reason to really do these things is because we can help each other. And if, if you don't figure that out, well, then you're missing the whole boat, right? This is really embarrassing, <laughs> but I have an unvectored interrupt.
coming in, <laughs> which you hardware guys will appreciate. What do we do with unvectored interrupts? Oh, that's right. We ignore, ignore that. Ignore. <laughs> we, we, we ignore unvectored interrupts. We do not have an interrupt handling routine for them. Do you mind if I just finish a little bit? No. Okay, because I'm coming to the climax. <laughs> this is what I've been building up for. <laughs> We're out of time. And I'm ready. You really want to take over? I don't know. Oh, thank you. She's she sweet. Look, that is social. That yeah. is really, that's what I'm talking about. But I just want to get back and, and finish up on this teamwork thing. Teamwork is everything. And you've got to have the vision. You've got to be motivated. You've got to put your heart into it. But you've also got to have the vision of what you're doing so that you push together. You're going in the same direction. You're not fighting. You're pushing together. And to help you see that principle, I have a little video that I want to show you of a little bird. Now, this little bird, think of him as me. I could be the little bird. And I'm digging a hole. That's my project. That's my mission. And the whole goal is to see if I can get a team to help me dig that hole. Let's run it now. Here I am digging, digging, <laughs> digging, 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 digging. <clears throat> so I guess I came in perfect for this unrehearsed part. You will help us online are more valuable than we could ever imagine. People who help us in life are more valuable than we could ever imagine. So were you afraid I was going to get bored with the whole Doug? And so... <laughs> I would just want to make it fun. Teamwork was fun, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. Teamwork is fun. You asked. Now you see, when this second bird, the one that we're not sure what its actual name is, <laughs> when that bird was getting ready to join the team, it did not do its Acellus lessons. <laughs> and it wasn't able to understand the technology of digging a hole. That's true. And so that's kind of where it went, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think there is another valuable lesson to just think about as we part. If you really want to get the prize, then be where the prize is going to come. And that's a lot of what we do in education. If you knew every single thing that you're going to need throughout your career, we just teach you those, but nobody knows. So what we do is we prepare for the opportunities that are going to come. Every person should figure out what it is you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then you should figure out how you're going to be the best of it, better than anyone. What do you got? Um, I really can't figure that out. Would you like to help me with this? I have a little thing here. It's got one of these and one of these. <laughs> and if you can't figure out what you want to do with it, then there really isn't much that you can do. But if you can figure out what you want to do with it, then maybe you could do something like 
this. Oh, how neat. Can you that see that? That is neat. I don't always know what the right angle is here. So this thing, it's kind of neat, huh? It is. It's really neat. Hmm. There was a little guy named Fred. And Fred <clears throat> used to be fed insects as he was growing up. And uh, I guess they're not so bad if you get used to them. <clears throat> That's what I told my mother, that I'm not used to them. But anyway, <clears throat> the little Fred was fed a lot of these icky insects. And he found out that there was one kind of insect that was really good. And that was the kind of insect that had the, the sweet markings on them. Yellow stripes, yellow and black stripes. Oh. <laughs> and he found that when that insect went to a flower, then it was delicious. So what do you do? If you're just a little guy like Fred, what you do is you look for a flower. I'd like to show you a picture of a flower. There's a flower. And Fred climbed up in the flower and positioned himself. I want you to look at Fred in the flower close up. There he is. There he is. And look what he's waiting for. Can you see it? Sooner or later, dinner will come. And he'll be right there ready. Go where the prize will come and enjoy your meal. Study hard. Let's have a great year. Okay.